I walked back into the dressing room and the not Scotty, the other kit man, Phil Tart, he was he was in the dressing room and he, he turned around to me and said, Have you forgotten something? And he, he obviously didn't realise I'd been sent off. It was a minute later and I was back in there. He'd only seen me a minute ago walking out and I was walking straight back in. That was horrible and I, I, I found mugged, properly mugged. He's a Premier League, but it is a fantastic city. Bristol City open the scoring and it's a debut goal for Aaron Wilbraham. Well, like Aaron, you might not be singing your name when you join the club. This is what, how I felt like we were going into games, I just couldn't see us losing. It was right there and I said to the linesman, have you seen all that? And the linesman said, yeah. I think it's just a big sending off, it's an absolute disgrace to send with all the noise of however many thousand were there, it was just like a silent moment. I felt once I scored, it, it was silent. Cottrell's new look City side had opened strongly at Bramall Lane, but even the most optimistic fans couldn't have predicted the resilient nature of the next 15 games. Unbeaten until November, the Robins started as they meant to go on. Ron Walker, Derek Williams and Tim Shires shed more light on this historic feat. That Chesterfield game, the last minute winner from Wes Burns and the place just went nuts. That had come just after that Milton Keynes, that MK Dons home game as well, where Wade Elliott had, um, I think he gave the ball away for a goal and then ended up scoring within about two minutes of the restart. So that's when you really start to see that sort of mental strength, which if you're going to get promoted, especially if you're going to get promoted as champions, that's what really sets you apart. And it was then it was becoming really clear that we had that sort of mentality to go the distance I think. I think it would have been around 10 games in where this is what, how I felt. I, we were going into games, I just couldn't see us losing. I didn't think the teams were better than us. Um, just because the players we had, the style of play we were playing. We, I just felt like you had that confidence going out in the tunnel. I felt like, yeah, we're, we're going to win this game today. The results just kept coming and it was always that point of when's this going to come to an end because we all know it will at some point but it was just a wave that we were kind of riding and hey let's enjoy it while it lasts i know that there was a bit of possession they had in the second half you know the last 20 minutes but i'm not being funny we, we let them have that got to have a bit of arrogance about you as a squad to be turning up to the not so great grounds and walk out there as the top of the league team and it's quite a nice feeling. I mean we absolutely had them on the ropes and could have been three or four nil. Great training ground move gives Bristol City the lead and what a celebration from Kieran Agard. You get to sort of October time and you're still winning, you're at the top of the league and the league table's starting to take shape and you've, you've, had, you've had a good look at everybody, you've played most of the teams but you're aware of, of what, who your competition are. So I think by then it, it's, starting to, it's starting to take shape, so we knew what we were, we were capable of. But then it's a long way from the finish line and you sort of anything could, anything could happen. And everything did happen. Promotion rivals Swindon Town won Exeter City and the arrogance Aaron Wilbraham had mentioned was to be put to the ultimate test at the county ground on a day that would never be forgotten. A first versus third clash highlighted what would be a crucial month in the Hunt for League One promotion. 
City and Swindon were kept company in the top three by Preston North End, with all three sides playing each other in a bumper three weeks of third-tier action. Tim Shires and Ron Walker recall the feeling surrounding City's visit to the county ground. I just remember getting there and there was just a slight bit of tension in the air, but it seemed like it was going to go okay. And the atmosphere, even before kickoff, it was like, I've not really experienced something like that too many times. It was just, there was a little edge to it. We pick up the action merely seconds into the match. Wade Elliott talks us through the now infamous few moments. They were playing Jack Stevens in centre midfield. It was a central defender, really. Um, so I, I thought, well, he won't be, he, he won't be too sure. They're asking him to play a new position. He, he won't be. He'll have a few doubts. So I decided that early on I was just going to rat him. I was going to get around under his feet, and I was going to, I was going to try and sort of grow those doubts a little bit in his head. And so the ball went back to him from from kickoff, I think, and I've gone and pressed him. Uh, I think I've sort of I've got a bit on the ball. Um, I've turned around. The ball squirmed away between us. I've turned around to to chase after the ball, and then it's just it's just pulled. He's pulled me back. Um, I've carried on running. The whistle's gone, and then I've turned around. He was on the floor, holding his holding his uh, his face, and uh, you know I wasn't. I wasn't too worried about it to be honest because the linesman was was right there and I said to the linesman, have you, have you seen all of that? And the linesman said, yeah. Aaron Drysdale having a word with his assistant. It was lines who made the decision to send me off. And I, I couldn't, I just couldn't believe it. I literally couldn't believe it. Uh, and I, walk, I walked back into the dressing room and the, not Scotty, the other kid man, Phil Tart, he was, he was in the dressing room and he, he turned around to me and said, have you forgotten something? And he, he obviously didn't realise I'd been sent off. It was a minute later and I was back in there. He'd only seen me a minute ago walking out and I was walking straight back in. So. And that was that was that was horrible, and I I, I found mud, and true properly mud. I felt I think we were a bit disrespected a little bit. We went up to Bramall Lane, for example, and they showed us a lot of respect. Whoever we went off to next, you just get that general feeling that yeah, we are yeah respected in in, in that level. But we weren't we didn't get that at Swindon, and we we didn't get that at Swindon. Or they tried to upset that, and that obviously didn't sit too well, and and obviously didn't turn out too well for them, so they, they should have showed us a bit more respect at the time. We were just a bit upset at like, the Wadey and the way it had gone. We, had to, we nearly got a draw after playing with like 10 men for so long, and I think Swindon's owner was down around the tunnel shouting stuff to us, and you just, it just got everyone really angry. It was a proper kick in the teeth. The way they celebrated after the game as well, it was like, like they'd won the league and stuff, so I think that we maybe needed that to let us know that it wasn't over yet. We weren't just going to get it given to us. So I think that probably did kick everyone on and make everyone even more determined to win the league. With the boxes that we had with all the commentary gear in, walking off over the pitch after the match, Kotra was getting interviewed by um, the Bristol City website. He just sort of caught my eye and I've never seen a man's 
gaze go through someone so much as that went through me. He, I think if looks could kill, I would have been in big trouble. And it wasn't because it was, it was me. I think he was just absolutely raging. Steve, is it an overwhelming sense of injustice that you feel? For sure. For sure. Even with 10 men, you know, they didn't deserve to beat us. Sending off, said, well, it's an absolute disgrace to sending off. I think that's what they wanted. I think that's what they wanted. How annoyed everyone was at the end of the game, in a funny sort of way, made you realise kind of how unacceptable it was to them to lose a game. There was real like, that's never happening again mentality. Now, obviously, we did lose again later in the season at, at various points, but there was always a reaction to every defeat and that was no different. And actually, the way they competed with 10 men for so long kind of just underlined that they were the best team in that league. I remember after the game, the way they were celebrating, it put a fire in our bellies to like say, all right, you beat us today, but we'll see. We'll see what what happens from here on. And um, I think that was another turning point that made us want it even more, just seeing their reactions and how they acted on the pitch. And I remember someone in the dressing room saying like, look how they reacted, um, remember this. It's just one of those days you kind of tell that Sissy weren't going to get anything, but it's the old phrase of we were robbed, um, and we were. After the late winner, Swindon had moved within four points for Cottrell's Reds, condemning the Ashton Gate side to their first defeat of the season. Then came a 1-0 loss to promotion rivals Preston North End, the winning goal courtesy of none other than Callum Robinson, who would have guessed that Swindon narrowed the gap to City at the top of the table to only one point. It would take great character to bounce back after two such frustrating defeats, but the squad duly obliged, losing only one of the next 10 league games. Once again, it seemed as if the Botswana trip had galvanised the squad and developed a winning mentality. But something else was going on during the season. There was a secret to this success, so was it the hard work and determination on the training ground? Was it the inspirational words from Steve Cottrell? There had to be something truly extraordinary gluing this squad together. We we loved the night out that season, I'm not going to lie. We I remember I was in Bristol one night and I think there was like a Polish bouncer saying to us, you haven't won the league yet, lads, because it was like only September and we were out a couple of times that month. And I think we went back in April and reminded them that we were champions. So, But we were we kind of had this reputation, not not, not in a bad way, but We'd, we'd pop up in London on the night out and other football lads would see us and then we'd be in Newcastle and then and we had this, we just, we didn't, we weren't out every weekend but maybe twice a month on a Saturday night we just had a good, a good party with each other and it definitely bonded us. The lads were on the opposite end of the, the A scale to me whereas I was sort of finishing off, they were, they were sort of making their way but I loved being around, I loved being in and around them and and being a part of that group, I really, I really fed off, fed off their energy. But Aaron Wilbraham was a big one, although he wasn't the captain of the team. He was pivotal in kind of making all the players and all the staff feel part of it. He was, he was a big personality around the place. I remember he had a predictions league between all the players that he invited all the staff to. So. Um, a few of us were involved in that. So just little things like that, whereas maybe at other clubs or in other eras at Bristol City, you wouldn't have been as accepted into things like that, but that kind of summed up the fact that they just kind of treated us as, as the same, really. 
it's no coincidence that last summer in, in, in May 2019 uh, eight of us still went to LA and Vegas together from that team and at the time the eight players who came were at eight different football clubs and but they were all from that Bristol City 2014-15 team so that just shows you and this is going to sound a bit strange, but they did that head-to-head competition on the uh, on the Bristol City YouTube. And I, um, I think normally you can get things where players don't necessarily want to put themselves in front of the camera or things like that. But because they were all doing it as a competition against each other as well, and because they got on so well, they just absolutely loved it. I don't know. Justin Rose. Who? I couldn't tell you what the Masters was, to be honest. Fantastic. Uh, I'm dedicated to uh, Big Bobby Reed. Thank you very much. I got. I got to say, I was really proud to lead that team. It was one. It was really talented. Secondly some really, really good characters. And thirdly, you look at it and it was a it was a team of men. A team of real men. So you look at all of you look at look at that team now and Marlon's gone on to be captain at Cardiff. Luke Hayden's captain at Leeds. Luke Freeman's been a captain at QPR. Uh Albie's gone on to be captain at, at Rochdale, I think. Um and there's probably one or two others in there that I've forgotten. Who's to say, like, Joe and Bobby won't go on and be, be captain of the future or Derek Williams or... So you think you're leading, you're leading a, a group of men, like, as young as they were, the proper men. And um, that, that's a really proud moment for me that you're, you're at the front of that, driving that on. As momentum in the league built and built, City also found themselves deep into a cup run. Having beaten Cheltenham Town, AFC Wimbledon and Coventry City, the two-legged area final of the Johnston's Paint Trophy loomed. The prize? A cup final at Wembley. Mark Little says more. I didn't play in many of the games leading up. I, those games were... Um, the manager liked to change the wing-backs because physically what, what the manager wanted us to achieve, metres-wise and high-intensity running-wise... To get the max performance on a Saturday, it's very difficult to get it Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. But the question that you're asking me is, do I remember? Yeah, Matt Smith was unbelievable in, in, in all of those. Having signed on loan in November, it took until Boxing Day for on-loan Fulham striker Matt Smith to open up his City account. What followed, however, was quite frankly astonishing. Yeah, there he will, in fact, he's kept it in, pulls it across, Smith! City double their lead just before the break, and it's that man again! Long ball this time, it's Smith with a header, 1-1. Bristol City level things up, 15 minutes to go. A terrific header from the on-loan, Matt Smith. Another out-swinger, and it's off the bar, Smith! And he finds the back of the net. It's 10 for Matt Smith in a Bristol City shirt. Seven in three against Gillingham. And surely now City are on the way to Wembley. The highlight of Smith's few months at the club will always undoubtedly be his performance at Gillingham in the JPT. 
Ron Walker and Mark Perro talk us through the night. You know, he was getting all sorts of abuse thrown at him a couple of games, as is the way, um, a couple of games into his loan spell. And, you know, didn't start especially well. And then, and he goes and grabs four goals down at Priestfield. And then you're thinking, okay. Yeah, obviously the Matt Smith night, one of the best individual performances, I think, I saw from a Bristol City player in my time. That's for certain. By the time we went to Gillingham, he was he was at the top of his game, I think. And yeah, the goals he scored, I think the one that stands out is probably the the last one. I think it was the sort of spectacular um, strike into the roof of the net from the edge of the box. I think on on the half volley. I remember reading in a, in a local paper about the jury being out on him. I'm looking at him now. <laughs> jury being out. Yeah. The jury is still out. He should have had eight tonight. He was magnificent. The Gillingham game simply defined that short but sweet loan spell. 13 goals and 20 appearances across three competitions helped City realise their promotion hopes and realise their cup dreams. And talking of cup dreams... It was one of the biggest mass exoduses of Bristol ever. A staggering 250 coaches, special trains and countless cars off to London for the day to watch Bristol City play Bolton Wanderers in the final of the Freight Rover Trophy. 30,000 West Country soccer fans all heading towards Wembley. City won their first Football League trophy back in 1986, beating Bolton in the final of the Freight Rover Trophy. A second title followed in 2003 and despite two defeats in the final, the Robins remained tied for the most successful team ever in the competition. The 2015 showdown against fellow League One side Warsaw presented the opportunity to become the most successful club in the Johnston Paints Trophy. It also presented the opportunity to galvanise the squad ahead of an intense season running. As Wade Elliott explains, Steve Cottrell shouldered a lot of responsibility to get the club ready for their first Wembley appearance in seven years. So you talk about the Johnson's paint. The best thing about the whole Johnson's paint was that, and this is where this is where Steve was really, really good. He took everybody. We stayed down for two or three days before the before the final. Every member, every member of staff that had been with us over the season, Steve took and had at, had at the hotel. So Jen and Mark in the kitchen, um, cleaners, sort of everybody was. Everybody was there, and it was a real—it was a real family feel. We sort of took over this hotel. The players, the staff, everybody together to, for two or three days, and it was a—it was a big celebration. Obviously, that we, that because we won the game as well, and we were always, we were all able to party together, and the atmosphere around that two or three days was just really, really good. Like a really good feel, really harmonious. Everybody together. Um, everybody enjoying being in each other's company, Every, everybody really positive. Matt Smith's heroics had guided City to the capital, but his loan spell had ended, meaning his only involvement would be cheering from the stands. Cottrell's Reds, however, were once again experiencing a rich vein of form going into the final. The, the thing I was most worried about is being overconfident, because I think City were, you know, odds on to win the game, and I think we all pretty much assumed that we would but as the game kicked off there's always that worry of well what happens if Force will turn up on the day and you know they're really up for it. No you obviously know it's a cup final and it's a one-off occasion for Warsaw they can just come and give it everything and we knew we knew they would do but 
I think we just had already coped with a few more pressure occasions that season already than they had. We kind of we didn't know we were going to win, but there was probably a little bit of doubt because you can't you can't get you can't get too comfortable going into those kind of occasions. So we obviously kept our wits about us and we we weren't too relaxed. But I think we were quietly confident, if you can say that. Gaffer was 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 on it. Um, we were all on it. Um, as you said, it anything can happen on the day, and we were just we were just on it. I think there was just universal complete confidence that we would win. I don't remember at any point being worried about the result. I just I couldn't wait for the day itself. And as soon as the match kicked off, it I just thought it it was almost a formality in my mind that we would win the game. The headquarters of English soccer was a sea of red and black, and for the fans this was to be a day they were going to let their hair down. I got to enjoy this particular time because the first time I did it with Peterborough, went through all the process, won the, won the, won the cup and then that was a bag of nerves and that kind of rushed past me and, and it was all a blur. But this particular one, I can I can remember, that's why it's such a good day because I can remember everything. I enjoyed the day. I wasn't feeling sick. I wasn't doing all that sort of stuff. I was really confident going into the game and I just knew that I'd just go out there and enjoy it and, and that's what I was trying to trying to impose onto the younger lads or the lads that hadn't been there before is it's it is a, it's a huge deal when you look back at how important it is and, and it will be a memory that you'll always have but at the time it's actually just a football match and we were playing a team that I was confident that we were going to beat which we, which would have been a humongous upset if 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 Walsall beat us on that day we were on the bus driving to Wembley and you can see all the fans on the road and um you could just see how much it meant to the fans and just one of those that image is it's, it's like stuck in my head um and will forever be because i remember i, I got kind of a bit emotional over seven weeks after booking their place at wembley uh, with a 1-1 draw with gillingham and ashton gate today is the day more than forty thousand bristol city fans have been dreaming about since january a trip to the capital, to Wembley, for one of the Johnstons paint trophy final. Mr Robin's first in seven years and could see Steve Cottrell on his side bring home the first of two titles the Robins have their eyes on this season. This year beginning to become the first team to pick up the football league trophy three times, while the Poland's first goal are making their first ever appearance in the final of the cup Bristol City, we get us started here in the big one. In the capital, a roar goes up around Wembley. 